religion, science, myths and legends all point toward the next evolution in human consciousness. What do the invisible realms hold? Who's telling us and how do they know? We're investigating insights from around the world to answer the question, what does the material world arise out of and where do we go once we've dropped the body? You're about to go interdimensional with Robert Wallace to Undiscovered Spiritual Realities. Welcome to Spiritual Realities. I'm Robert Wallace, and today we're going to talk about vision boards a little bit. We're going to talk about interdimensional states of conscious awareness, the attainment thereof, uh, things that can be experienced if your heart is in the right place. So stay with us. Here we go. All right, Robert Wallace at the helm again. So spiritualrealities.net, no longer on the voice, 109.5.9 FM in Memphis. We're moving to Chicago. Chicago. All right. Uh, hey, I still have a sense of humor. I'm working on it. Okay, I'll get rid of it. I'll be a, a bitter, tired monk eventually if I just keep aspiring. Okay, but meanwhile... Even in our imperfection, there's still spiritual realms which can be experienced, even by the wacky, imperfect ones among us. So today we're going to talk about uh, vision boards for just a second. So without a vision, the people perish. Uh, we got to remember in our pursuit for spirituality that the attainment of things is not the reason why we're alive. Now, God does give us the desires of our hearts, and he says that without a vision, the people perish. So maybe you want a city with an infrastructure that feeds the people so they don't perish. You need a vision for that. Uh, what do people do when they want to start a company or they have a goal or objective? They create a vision board. They create an org board. They create a mission statement. These sorts of things. We can do this in our own life also. Uh, of course, to a certain degree, the practice of this, you know, universalist type of, uh, you know, wishful genie thinking, uh, you know, borders on uh, blasphemy and uh, witchcraft and things of that nature. Uh, the question really comes down to uh, what is your intention and where's your heart at? What are, you, what are you doing this for? If you're doing it, if there's things that you need to develop your spiritual mission in life, uh, if you're in alignment with your spiritual values, uh, things will come about a lot quicker. You won't hardly even think about things before they manifest in some way. It's a really about becoming in alignment with the universe. And how you do that is by taking on the thoughts that are common to the universal mind, the mind of God. Jesus thought it nothing to share mind with God. So if you know the way God thinks, which you do know, if you've ever cracked open a Bhagavad Gita, if you've ever cracked open a Holy Bible, uh, perhaps you've cracked it open, maybe that's not enough. Read the Proverbs. Learn what wisdom is. Get knowledge. Get understanding. Get wisdom. This is the universal language of the mind of God. He's thinking in these terms. The paradigm of infinite life versus the transient life, the, these transcendent thoughts, these are common to the mind of God. And when we think through this 
as days go by, we get a momentum or we start to develop a velocity and uh, the reaction time between when we think a thought and how it manifests. If you've ever had a thought and then a, a car drives by that has it on this bumper sticker, whatever you were thinking about, and immediately you remember you were just thinking about that. And what a curious thing that is because this is the first time you've thought about that in, in years or ever. And, and as a matter of fact, within 24 to 48 hours or so of that, you're seeing this manifestation of it outside of yourself that you've never seen before. So of all times and places, in, you know, as uh, our uh old friend Adam Jeffrey uh, would say this coincidence or this dance of uh, manifestations of synchronicities these are manifestations of God's presence or that we are on the right track that you are in alignment with the mind of God and so as you get going it gets faster and faster uh, things manifest quicker and quicker and uh, your bigger hopes and dreams start to come into manifestation. So it's really worthwhile to point out that, again, without a vision that people perish, um, make, make goals lists. I feel uh, throughout the years I've created many, 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 many goals lists. On many occasions I just wrote out all the things that I wanted to accomplish. And then I put it away. And then another one. And then another one. And the more goals you set, the more things that can come into fulfillment. But also, it sets destinations for your mind to take you. Uh, and a lot of times what will happen is, especially with your big goals, that your visions that you're setting out for yourself, I've seen, you know, at least my life has worked in patterns of sometimes, you know, two years for the big ones. So I have it, and it's almost two years to the day that something big manifests. And when these big things finally come and make it to you, they come completely dressed up in all your and a bunch of smaller goals so you'll want you know there's something that you wanted to attain unto or there's a there's an experience that you wanted to have a life experience that you wanted to have and all of a sudden it comes by way of a very specific type of person that you also wanted to know or specific uh it comes through circumstances that are uh also blessing you so it's like oh Here's an experience that you're going to get that you always wanted through a job that you always wanted in a town that you always wanted. And you don't even realize it. Like I used to sing, uh, you know, walking in Memphis all the time. Oh, I'm in Memphis. OK, I used to uh, there was a time when I worked at uh, and it's just and it's weird things, limitless stories about how things have come into manifestation through song. OK, uh, which you constantly which you rest your mind into. OK. Not just singing. Singing is a great way. That's why you got to be also mindful of what you're singing about. Hey, what's on the radio? Breakup song. Breakup song. I don't need you. I'm over you. I got another girl on the side. Duh, 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 duh. And what is the world full of? It's full of heartbreak and adultery and endless sadness and instability and lack of marriage and promiscuity. But then on the flip side, you could be overwriting all the songs that you're singing with new lyrics so you know if you really got your own songs yeah, change the lyric and sing them and, and make them happy things but sometimes you know I, I remember this one time I was working at a, a subway and there was a song that was always playing and it was a song about I got me some vaping apes and I, I don't know what this guy's talking about it was a like a rap type song and like oh I got me some vaping apes ooh Superman I don't, I don't know which one it was and then uh 
I used to think all the time, like, oh, bapin' apes. I didn't know what he was talking about. Well, it turns out he was talking about something called bathing apes. So one day, I'm with my friends, and we go into this uh, gas station on our way somewhere. And in the store is this giant pyramid of all these shoes. And at this top of the pyramid is this big pair, because I'm size 13, is this big pair of translucent, transparent shoes. So they're made of plastic, transparent plastic, with like green on them, and they were awesome looking. And I said, whoa, those are so cool. And I walked over, and I was like, whoa, these are crazy, and they're called bathing apes. I can't remember if it even hit me or what. I think it hit me while I was in the store even. And then it turns out the only pair they had was in size 13. So here I saw this thing that I instantly resonated with, which is awesome, which is right smack in front of me on this pyramidal shape. The only size they had was in my size, and it's the bathing apes that I had been singing about, hadn't realized. And they were on sale. I, guess, I mean, you find it anywhere. Things can come to you through any means if you just... It's not about how you get it. It's not even about having, you know, needing money for these things. They will find their way into your life. It's like bottom, and I loved them. You know, they end up cracking kind of and stuff, but they were cool. You can see my socks right through. It was a weird shoe. Never heard of it. And it was that song that I'd been singing. Ton of examples like that, okay? So the point is, what you're running through your head, it's going to bring it about. Uh, so vision boards. Vision boards work. Tell you the story. One time I made a vision board and I had on there, so welcome to Kenya. I cut it out of a magazine and there was a, a Four Seasons jet. And I said, oh, okay, okay. Now, mind you, I'm not telling you y'all should take this route necessarily. I'm just giving you an example to tell you this stuff. It works. And if you're going to do nothing else, then remember that without a vision, the people perish and that God gives you the desires of your heart, you know, fine. But I don't want to, you know, necessarily get into the preaching of the prosperity gospel or of, you know, the manifestation of, uh, Things that, yeah, nice and balanced. Uh, in order to make people materialistic, because that's not the goal. Though, you might already be having success with vision boards. I got into all this with the secret stuff. But the bigger thing is, anyway, I'm trying to decide whether I should go back and finish the story. No, I'm not going to go finish the story. Let's go. Actually, no, I think this is becoming a distraction for me. I'll go back to the way it was. There. So, uh... Now I will go back and finish the story. So anyway, there was like a, oh my child, there was a shark cage. I mean, a shark cage diving. There was another woman walking around with a hand in hand with an orangutan and uh, all of this, this kind of stuff. Okay. I'll show you. There was a kangaroo. I have this board somewhere, I believe somewhere. And so within a couple weeks, I ended up learning, hey, we're going to Australia. We're going to Africa. We're going to Kenya. Oh, and by the way, we're staying at the Four Seasons. Oh, that's the queerest thing. Staying at the Four Seasons in the Serengeti. We ended up taking a hot air balloon flying above the Four Seasons in a hot air balloon safari. So there's a flying Four Seasons. It's weird how that manifests, but things like literally find through the mind, they come about. I ended up shark cage diving. I ended up walking and making hand-to-hand -hand contact with a silverback gorilla. We weren't supposed to. I was trekking silverback gorillas in the Rwandan and Ugandan foothills of uh, Tanzania. Okay. So, or not Tanzania, Rwanda, obviously. Um, but that was one of the places we were gone to. Uh, so anyway, all these things manifested from the board, okay? So the point is, got a vision, 
something's going to happen. One of my old co-workers, I'd say old co-workers, he was elderly actually, we're not going to name names though, good friend of mine, his son had a vision board and uh, he told me about that. He put um, that car, the DeLorean, uh, that only DeLorean, the only place anybody ever knows it from is Back to the Future. That car, that's called a DeLorean if you didn't know. Well, he wanted one, he cut one out of an Auto Trader magazine and put it on his board. Years pass. He puts the board away, forgets about it. Then, years later, he ends up actually acquiring a DeLorean. Oh, man. Law of Attraction or what? What is that? Well, then he finds that board, and it was an actual advertisement from an auto trader. So the VIN number evidently was on it. And so he had this feeling, I, I should check. I don't know why. I want to go check that. Okay. He checked it, and yeah, it was the exact same car. Same VIN number. In the secret, uh, you know, one of the guys on there, uh, he, what's his name? He had a mansion that he had put on his vision board five years later. He opens up a box, which had his old vision board on there. He was living in that exact same house. So, I mean, you're going to track things right down to the very exact thing. And so you can also construct, like, from scratch, like, certain circumstances. You know, put your face in somebody else's body doing something. And you will find yourself in these circumstances. Just life pulls itself together in a way that will manifest the things that you're thinking about. So be careful what you're thinking about. And on the flip side, you know, focus on what you do want. You know, hold to what is good and let go of the rest like the Bible says. All right. Now, all that's good and well. And that may help you find provision in terms of your finances, in terms of life experience and things like that, which is really important. And it's easy to say that's not important when you haven't had those sorts of things. So I'm not going to uh, dismiss anybody uh, who's saying that, you know, there's still things and stuff they want to experience in life. You know, like I said, God gives you desires to your heart. You got a vision. Things can happen. Well, also, though, we have to be mindful that what's more important than anything you can experience, you want to be the, you don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. Okay, you can have all the money in the world, but if your soul's lost, you know, you you're gonna move into the spirit world, uh, diminished spiritually, blind, unable to see. The attainment of the kingdom of heaven needs to happen while you're in the body in order for you to uh, access it in the spiritual world in terms of consciously maintaining access to it. You know, maybe you don't attain unto it in this life and you go through heaven as part of, you know, a uh, orientation or something like that. But you're not going to stay there. Like the refinement has to happen in this dense material body. And that's why the whole thing of reincarnation is occurring. That you can continue to refine yourself. That's not to say that there's no judgment day, because the reincarnation cycles don't go on forever. There's there's a definite end to the cycle of being born and dying. And once that ends, if you're not developed enough to be where you need to be, then you're going to get stuck in a lower uh, stage of being when the world's on their next epoch. So we're on to the Jupiter age, and now you're a plant spirit. Because you couldn't become a human in the next epoch because you didn't develop. Or you're some sort of gnome or imp or something like that. I don't know. These are things that can happen to people. And the beings that we experience as this are uh, today, you know, are, being, are commissioned into those jobs because, you know, maybe they didn't make it from past epochs to continue their development. So if you're a human right now, you're very lucky. You're very fortunate in a sense 
to be able to think not knowing who you were in past lives, but you made enough provision for yourself that you can maintain a human body and to continue to develop yourself. So don't throw it all away now, you know, but every epoch, every age, you know, every incarnation, you know, a good chunk of us, you know, threw away a lot of possibilities. So you really want to take conscious control of that and save yourself. Uh, again, work out your your salvation with fear and trembling. So we have a personal responsibility to do that, not just waiting around, you know, for God to just have his mercies on us. We have development that we need to do meanwhile. And so that's important to point out. Uh, but we need to be focused on our spiritual development. So if you're trying to attain unto the kingdom of heaven or spiritual realities, don't give up. Keep searching. And I'm going to give you the clues to what my continued searching has found that bore fruit for me. And it may not be right for you. You may not be ready for it. It may be years and you may come across the same path. You may spend your life working on something else. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm going to suggest Rudolf Steiner to y'all. RudolfSteinerAudio.com. Anthroposophy. This is a school of spiritual science. This is the teaching of spiritual science uh, from a mystical Christian format. So Christianity as mystical fact is one of Steiner's first books. He wasn't necessarily particularly Christian or what when he developed his spirituality, but it's because of his experiences in the spirit world, seeing Christ and seeing these spiritual uh, stories and the uh, from the Akashic records of the Bible that he realized the, the truths of it. And so he has a lot of uh, commentaries and things on the Gospel of John and things like that in all the Gospels and and also all the religious books of the world, you know, the Bhagavad Gita and, and several others, uh, you know, even F Faust, you know, it's a big one. He followed, you know, Goethe around, uh, not around, but he followed his work. He came around 100 years after him or so. And so um, so he's finding the, the, the connection with these writings to the spiritual world and correlating it uh, as a path of initiation, taking the ancient things Everything from, you know, the, the Celtics or from the Atlantean period or from the Egyptian period, from the Indo-Chaldean period or whatever, the Greco-Roman period. They all had their different myths, legends, initiation techniques. Uh, and so, and in the way that each of them were being taught at these different periods and the methods were appropriate for those people of that culture and for the stage of development that those people were in. And that's important to note because we don't all see now and think the way that we did in prior epochs and a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, back, back. And as a matter of fact, the further back you go, the more of what is called a atavistic clairvoyance or an ancient clairvoyance. People natively all around, everybody could see the beings of the spirit. They interacted with both physical and spiritual beings simultaneously. And then as we started to move up through time, and as the reason and rationality and the intellectuality developed in humankind that wasn't there before, all of a sudden that clairvoyance faded away. And now we're all like super intellectual, and we're all science-based, and, you know, we don't see spirit, we don't believe in it because we can't see it. And uh, it's exactly because we have this ability to think in this frontal lobe sense that we also have lost that native clairvoyance. That doesn't mean we can't get back to it. But it just means, you know, it doesn't come pre-installed. 
natively installed in, in your body package. So we also need to develop the clairvoyant abilities to move back into that native state. So you're not trying to get to somewhere new. You're trying to get to somewhere old. You're not trying to uncover a, you know, far off land. You're trying to re-see what has only been veiled between you, but which still always surrounds us as it always has. And so the methods used for the different worlds and times have been different. Now Anthroposophy offers uh, its take on the best methods for attaining these dimensional states of consciousness. So if you are wanting to develop and go into that direction, it's good to know that there is actually methods available, readily available and freely available uh, to help you. I used to work at the Church of Scientology, and we had people, you know, people paid tens, you know, 20000 more, $50,000 for this auditing. What is auditing? You know, these methods for basically doing. Now, mind you, I'm not working there anymore, and there's a reason why not. I was dismissed in spite of their own policies, which I pointed out to them. They were off policy, and I hope they did their own uh they did their own reports on each other after I pointed out that they were scamming their own system. I don't know if they were trying to trick me by telling me that I was being dismissed in spite of the fact that I had gone through staff status 0, 1, and 2. And after you go through staff status uh, uh, 1 and 2, which are the policy letters and courses that you have to go through, and you get certified in, and they actually make it so you can't just get kicked out. Like, you have to go through what's called the Committee of Evidence. And, of course, they didn't think I knew anything about that. They forgot that I had learned that. And I don't know. I don't want to get back into that. But I did tell them, look, after I pointed that out to them and they offered me that, I said, look, I don't want to be here if I'm not one here. Y'all are going to fight till you get your way. And I need to let God take me. And so, anyway, it was a good thing that I left. But it was also a good thing, I think, that I was there. It was a great experience for me. I loved it. And I don't, I don't say anything... Uh, I try not to say anything wrong about any religion, okay? I would advise against, you know, certain satanic practices and things like that. But the methods and how people were attaining spiritual states there has a lot of commonality with how people are attaining them in all cultures, okay? Except it was, you know, very codified, technical, and, and, and things like that. But, of course, you got to realize who L. Ron Hubbard was, who he studied under, and the kinds of works that he studied in order to understand the influence of his work and how he came to his abilities and knowledge. Uh, so once you get in there, you're not really free to study these people that he himself studied. You're not really free to study these ancient things. They tell you you are, but as soon as you start to get too much into it, it gets very unscientological uh, very quickly. So that's all I say about that. And as you all know, probably they're very litigious. They sue over the smallest sort of stuff. They sue more people than anybody else. So I don't want to say too much, but suffice it to say, there's plenty enough information available out there. And again, I don't have beef with them. But there is something to be learned from the methods from every religious sector. And if you learn a little bit about all of their initiation techniques, it will really clue you in on what's important for attaining these states. Uh and the, the common themes will become very emboldened in your head. And uh, through that study, you should probably, you'll probably make a lot of progress uh, toward those things. And then you'll have a lot of experiences. Um, so I encourage the study of comparative religion. 
uh, and anthroposophy encourages that study. And there's a lot written on it. Uh, the reading of the Bible is very much encouraged. The reading of the Bhagavad Gita is encouraged. The reading of everything is encouraged. Um, but anyway, with all that said, also what's important, though, is that we keep things in context. Because if you want to go into another dimension, you got to have good techniques. Okay? Techniques that work for you. Now, it's, it's something I want to bring up real quick. You know, baptism, for instance. Good old-fashioned baptism. Steiner describes... Uh, John the Baptist's state, remember they were had an atavistic clairvoyance back then, but his also was the elevated state of consciousness. Still not yet the kingdom of heaven level. He was the greatest among men, but still the least in the kingdom of heaven was greater than him. So he was like top of the weight class of us, but just under the lowest of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, but he would see in the etheric, when he was baptizing somebody, holding them underwater, their etheric body beginning to lift itself and separate from the physical body. And that would be at the stage when he would bring them up. So when you're drowning or having any sort of near-death experience and one's life flashes before their eyes and the whole life, you know, appears as a tableau before them, of, you know, pictures of moments from beginning to end and significant, of significant experiences... And then when a person comes back, that is enough of a spiritual experience for a lot of people, at least through that baptismal method, for them to know enough about the spiritual world to begin to uh, walk toward the spiritual life, uh, surrendering their carnal concerns. So when you're talking about people who've had these near-death experiences who are maybe atheists or maybe skeptics or maybe they were loose believers, but... That experience made them now they're on fire for God. Now they're on fire for the spiritual path for pursuing righteousness or whatever. You know, some people come about those experiences in, in all kinds of different ways. So, so the point is, uh, sometimes getting shot into these dimensions and then bring, coming back can bring about uh, the motivation for an awakening to pursue the right thing. And that's happening through different means. Here's an interesting book. DMT, the spirit molecule. Rick Strassman did these tests on people. You may have heard this. Everybody knows about this. If you don't know about it, you're out of the loop. That's plain. But no, seriously. The pineal gland, thought to be the seat of the soul, produces uh, what's called DMT, dimethyltryptamine which is uh, thought to be the amino acid, I believe it is, that produces uh, all of the effects that you, how you experience this dimension in color, with depth, all of those factors come about to the production of dimethyltryptamine. Spiritual experiences, near-death experiences, when you're being born, when you're dying, all that flooding of the DMT. And then the Zen Buddhist monks, the people who are being monitored uh, and watching their levels and things like that, who go into deep meditation or having mystical experiences it's because of that. And then also it's found in your psychoactive psychedelics and things like ayahuasca and things that are used ceremonially in order for people to develop spiritual uh, cognition or to have these experiences. And that is the active ingredient. So, uh, you know, there's a documentary on it. You should really become a little bit knowledgeable on it. But that is how even secular science is getting a grip on the mystical experience. So once a person has that, though, you know, I don't know who wants to live in that state of mind 
uh, where they are dependent on such a thing like that in order, you know, to live a spiritual life. But it, it will, that could wake somebody up to knowing what's that there's something beyond, and that could motivate or galvanize their spiritual search for uh, the kingdom of heaven. And in that way, then you start to search out not just the religious text, but a deep mystical text. You want the deepest information because you want an actual breakthrough in your meditation. You don't want to just sit there and just chant or, you know, I don't know, stare at your navel or what. But, I mean, I spent, uh, you know, a lot of time meditating on nothing on the back of my eyelids. Uh, there was a period I was getting up, you know, when I would wake up at three or f in the morning or so, and I'd go in my closet and I'd you know, in the darkest space when my brain is still half dreaming, doing meditations. And the most I ever really got out of that was just this purple cloud coming and just going and disappearing and coming and going, this sort of action. And it was neat and it was a phenomena. It was curious, but I wasn't feeling like I was going anywhere with it. So I don't want to discount these little experiences, but I want to to blast into another world. Well, that requires the development of your faculties. And so you can do that through things like Steiner's writings, How to Know Higher Worlds. That's what I'll recommend to you today. That book absolutely changed my life. Of course, in conjunction with a lot of other things that had happened up to that time, but that will give you everything you need to know. Listen to the audiobook. If you can't read, if you can't seem to get through a couple pages, you think you'll get the book and then you put it down after a couple pages. How to Know Higher Worlds, uh, go to RudolphSteinerAudio.com, get it for free, download it or whatever, stream it, and then play it over and over and over. That's what I did. Probably my fourth listen is by the time I snapped out of my complacency with my non-meditation uh, before I activated what I told you about last episode and actually going into another world. Now, I can't speak highly enough of it, and all of Steiner's writings are super vitally important. You can't see back there. i got a row of Steiner, and uh, highly recommend it. His speech, he's a very accelerated master, uh, came at a very important time at the end of what's called the Kali Yuga stage, and uh, in preparing us for this next uh, age that we're going through. Uh, but anyway, this I'd say it's neither here nor there, but it is actually very significant. So... We've covered vision boards. We've covered uh, a bit about the importance of uh, pursuing spiritual realities. Now, let's talk about spiritual realities again, getting in there and, and, and through meditation. Now, last episode, I did talk to you about the method that I used, uh, but there are a lot of different types of meditations and things that a person needs to do. There's uh, certain preparatory stages and what's called the calendar of the soul that Steiner recommends, uh, where on you know, Sunday, there's certain thoughts, there's a, a day of right judgment and a day of right thinking and a day of right deeds. And there's like, uh, like three or four bullets or nuggets for each of those days. And uh, they really just are about you focusing on those days and those aspects of your development. So a constant general development is necessary. Now, in, in Freemasonry and other traditions, a uh, background in the liberal arts, uh, everything uh, from, you know, math and uh, geometry and uh, things like this, the arts, okay, 
these are also considered a prerequisite. I don't have it in front of me, and I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden right now. But you know what the liberal arts are. Hopefully you're smarter than me, okay? This program is for people who are smarter than me, okay? Uh, and if you're not smarter than me, good. And you don't know what I didn't tell you. Okay, but anyway, the moral of the story is there's basic development of knowledge. That's not to say uh, of necessarily worldly knowledge. Uh, there is a use for the worldly knowledge and things like that, but we need to be pursuing spiritual things with a spiritual focus because you can become really smart. You can get a lot of degrees and a lot of different things. You can become a multi-billionaire president, not naming names, not naming names. You know who you are. Uh, and I don't really, I don't really have an opinion about all that, uh, with Trump or whatever, but, uh, even though I know everybody has an opinion, but I think we all need to be focused on a personal development, honestly. I think right now, as long as I'm going political, because I think in the future we're going to be talking about the threefold social order where we talk about the economic, the rights, political life, and uh, and the, the spiritual life uh, of humanity. Uh, we need to be focused on, like Martin Luther King Jr. said, I got those parts wrong. Uh, he says, uh, he who does not have a cause for which he is willing to die is not fit to live. So if we're not concerning ourselves with a cause that we're willing to die for, and what are you willing to die for that's here on earth? There's nothing here on earth that we should be willing to die for except for the truth, except for heaven, the kingdom of heaven, uh, the sharing of that sort of thing. You know, we'll die for love, obviously, you know, well, most of us would die at least for somebody, if not everybody we love, if not, you know, maybe we're totally altruistic and we die for the world or whatever. Um, but we have a responsibility to pursue spiritual things here. So make that the focus of your journey. Now, one thing I have to say, to be fair, okay, uh, I guess, you know, I have a natural inclination towards this. Some people have natural inclination towards whatever, you know. Maybe it's math. Maybe it's football. Uh, maybe it's stowing, stitching, some sort of social cause, uh, civil rights, something or another. Okay. But, but back of that, no matter what it is, one can still develop their spiritual life because that is something we have in common. We might not all be into football. Okay. I, for one, am not a fan Okay, uh, I think uh, it, well, I'll just leave it at that. But it doesn't mean that people who are into it are necessarily wrong. Now, people who are into sports, for instance, uh, according to Steiner, tend to be uh, you know, more of the earth. And the more they play these grungy sports where they're banging up against each other and this is and the sweat and the, all this and this interaction with the earth, the more they really are, in a sense, binding themselves to the earth. But maybe for this incarnation, it's necessary. People can't help but they have a athletic inclinations. I do not have athletic inclinations. I have the inclination to read a book and to be left alone. I was kidding. Um, so, but athlete has a soul, just like anybody else. Take Tim Tebow, for instance. I actually ran into him in Kathmandu uh, December before last, uh, which is 2019, so it's 2017. Uh, when that happened and we were in Kathmandu and actually I think in my Vedic astrology actually had said that you're going to run into somebody famous and I was like oh man that's weird you know when that happens I'm going to be in Kathmandu ain't nobody I know going to be maybe they're like a Bollywood actor or something 
And then one day I was going to breakfast at my hotel there in Kathmandu, Nepal. And I'm walking to my table. And I was and there's this guy sitting at this table. And like his face looks super familiar. I just stood there for a second. Like, oh, Tim Tebow. I'm like, is that his name? I don't think I'd ever even said his name out loud. So I just knew it. And then it came to my mouth. I'm like, that sounds right. That's his name. I was like, that's him. So I sat down and we were like, <laughs> one of my friends was taking pictures of me with him in the background. He turned around and saw it. And then first his mom came over and talked to us. And then he did. And then he said, oh, you know, what's going on, man? Because I asked, oh, I'm going to take a picture. You're going to sign and take a picture. Okay, cool. Novelty. Here's why I tell that story. Because Tim Tebow is that one of those rare ones where, as you know, he's known for being a virgin. Which, you know, until he was married, he's known for his religious devotion. He's known for that game where he threw 316 yards. John, like, 316. He wore the 316 under his eye. And then he ran 316. And there was, like, five or something synchronicities in a single game surrounding the 316 phenomena. So there's a person that's just devoted to the spiritual life who's still doing these other things. So no matter what you do, you know, singers, musicians, there's, you know actors you know no matter what you do you can have a spiritual life developing and the more that you develop your esoteric side the more successful that you'll become because it's not just that you'll have spiritual experiences but that you know the force is with you so when you have a thought or a desire or you apply yourself you know there's favor on you and people help you and they admire you they're attracted to you they don't know why you know just that is just the general benefit of aligning yourself with the mind of God. So, with that said, there's no excuse why someone shouldn't uh, pursue spirituality just because they're not religious or what. And, you know, scriptures say, blessed is he who sees and believes, but even more blessed is he who does not see and who believes. Now, I know it, sometimes I make these statements and it sounds a bit braggadocious to say, oh, you know, I've had these spiritual experiences growing up, okay, that come to me. My grandma came to me, a vision of this, little, this being here and there and these sorts of things that have ha happened. But to the point of the people who haven't, okay, or to, you know, their benefit, I should also say even more blessed are you who having not seen still believe and pursue the kingdom of God. Because I had that. It really did spar me on to take literally the call to seek ye first the kingdom of God, which led to Steiner and these other things. But if you've always craved that and you haven't had that, well, you're even doubly blessed. Even better it's going to be for you when you start to have these experiences if you'll just start pursuing it based on your faith, based on what you hope, okay? Your hope will not return back. You, you will get what you're hoping for if you pursue it. So, obviously, if you're watching the show, listening rather, uh, here on the podcast, then uh, you probably already have a feeling for this. You're already into it. So, I'm not going to try to sell it, on, sell it to you. But this is really encouraging. It just makes me feel so good inside. And um, anyway, so I think this episode is... Uh, has covered a lot of stuff, but it hasn't covered one issue that we all need to be discussing. And that is our Christ and uh, our religious pursuits. This is spiritual realities, okay? We got people listening with all sorts of spiritual inclinations. We got people who are pagans, 
We got people or people uh, Wiccans. We got people who are Buddhists. We got people who are of whatever religious persuasion. And we've got people also who used to be Christian, who searching a more spiritual life decided, hey, I'm going to be spiritual, not religious. I'm going to be spiritual, non-dogmatic, non-denominational situation. And one, and to me, that's a very, it's a very sad thing that's happening because people who once had a belief in Christ or Jesus have gone off thinking that because their church is not able to get them into a true state, because there's hypocrites in the church, because every church, you know, there's 250,000 or a million or whatever in every church corner, and yet there ain't no saints walking around like in the good old days, that somehow it's ineffective. Well, it might be. I mean, you know, the scriptures do say in the end times, you know, the churches will become the synagogues of Satan. And we do have a lot of, uh, you know, faithless teaching. We do have a lot of non-spiritual teaching. We have a lot of sermons which are 50% business of the day, you know, 5% reading, and, you know, and a little bit of exposition out of that. And ultimately it's just pointing towards, you know, well, important, you know, things like, you know, doing to others or, you know, be kind to your neighbor. It just doesn't really hammer home the kingdom of heaven issue. And so, and really the kingdom of heaven is, you know, made out of, you know, yeah. And I, I say that because it's on my mind, because of the bones of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, you know, uh, love your neighbors as you love yourself. That's key. Uh, and so... I do want to point out you should be loving your neighbors as yourself. And so let me just suggest, too, if you're listening, if you're mowing your lawn today and your neighbor's lawn is unmowed, mow it. If, uh, I mean, do stuff like that. If you're not already doing it, it's great. And it, and it just brings out goodwill in people. And eventually they'll say, oh, well, why'd you do that? And you can always just, you got that great verse that is just so good to remind people. And you start to cultivate that relationship with them. And you say, Love your neighbor as yourself. Do them my duties. Uh, and you'll start to see them, you know, treat you back. And it'll it'll start a, a real good love thing. But anyway, back to what I was talking about. Christ uh, can be found in the esoteric occult teachings. Okay. That is a, a cornerstone, a capstone, a keystone, a pillar. Okay. It's vital that you have that in there and that you're not seeking out these the spirituality divorced from that that's a tragedy because you're going to have spiritual experiences and you're going to go deep into it you're going to think that it's the christians or it's the christ and all that that was the problem then you're going to be lost you're going to get in through a back door you you can't have salvation you can't have the forgiveness of sins you know whoever is Ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of. So if you can't talk about Christ or you can't search that out because you feel like it's, you know, too niche or it's branded to a certain thing and you're on this other thing, I mean, how you how can we neglect so great? And if you think that, you know, you're going to find it, you know, salvation another way, like, great, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who actually start out without Christ, who develop themselves and have spiritual experiences. They, they, you know, they develop their soul, they develop clairvoyance and things like this, and then they find Christ. It's, there's, you know, cause and effect. There's evil people who manage to have great success. Why is God blessing them? They're evil. And then there's, like, seems like great holy people who are, like, 
poor and suffering and stuff. There's a cause and effect factor. If you do this, you'll have this effect, whether you're a good person or a bad person, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, whether you claim to believe or you claim, you know, to be against. So, you know, looking at people's experiences or thinking that, you know, you got to be free of this, you know, organized religious dogma in order to have the spirituality that you desire, that's, that's a misnomer. There's things you're not doing. There's things that believers aren't doing that's causing them to not have a full Christian, you know, full, you know, lives full of, you know, love in their relationships and experiences and synchronicities and magic and miracles and visions and, you know, and these sorts of things. And then there's certain things that others who are like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, a witch or I'm a, you know, whatever they, you know, Wiccan or whatever. And they're having these like, you know, full spiritual lives. Okay. You know, they're seeing into other dimensions or whatever. They're all in this foo-foo woo-woo. Okay. In either case, it's not, it's not complete. You know? Yeah, in a sense, they might even be closer to God. You know, the Bible says, you know, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. So you could be honoring God with your lips. I'm a believer, but then your heart isn't in the pursuit of the kingdom of heaven or these other dimensions. And on the other hand, you got people who are you know, close to God in terms of personal development and their connection with, you know, God and the universe and all the stuff that's around us and in these other planes, but they haven't made the Christ connection yet. Okay. In either case, you know, and so like we're talking about several shows ago, you know, the throwing out of the baby with the bathwater, you think that, um, you know, you're going to get rid of, you know, this religiosity, by getting rid of the denomination. Meanwhile, you're throwing out the Christ baby because you don't like the way it's been elucidated in that denomination. That Christ is just as necessary in every denomination, no matter how misrepresented it is. You need the Christ. So keep keep the baby alive. You know, you know, put it in a put your understanding of the Christ in a, in a fresh bowl of water. See what kind of uh, soup comes off of that water. You know, find, you know, a, you know, in terms of this is the Christ. This is what spells out. This is what it means. You know, the Christ means in our lives. This is the effect of the Christ. This is, you know, the powers of the Christ. And then find the denomination or somebody who matches that. So that way you can, you know, season your baby water, if you will. I don't know. I'm trying to make that in something. Because... You know, getting rid of that is a is going to be a big problem for you later on if you think you're going to die and you're going to be confronted with, you know, Krishna, the, you know, the Christus or Christ, the Christos, and you're going to have gotten there by your own power, or your own works or something. Uh, because it is worth pointing out that, you know, yeah. Your sins are forgiven and the grace uh, abounds, but you still do need to work on yourself. And likewise, and, and likewise with these, you know, certain other spiritualist people who, who haven't received a, a, a love of Christ or whatever, they've worked on themselves, but they don't have the grace that's necessary to compensate for what they can't compensate for. So maybe you have the Christ and he's compensating for your sin punishment but you forget about the faith without works is dead. Or you forget about God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth that too shall he reap. This karmic element. 
You think that God's grace is going to cover up those. No, those are also true. And so, and likewise, people think, ah, you know, I've, you know, cleansed certain things out of my personality. You, there's certain punishments and things that have to come that have to be sacrificed and atoned for. And that's what Jesus was all about as the atonement. So anyway, I think hopefully I haven't beat that horse too far, but, uh, to death, but it is important that don't lose, don't lose the plot. Don't forget. So maybe in a future episode, uh, I think we're going to have uh, more of an anthroposophical focus. Anthroposophy, we're talking about uh, a, a knowledge of the spirit through uh, a knowledge of mankind. And uh, we'll probably have some anthroposophists on. We'll have uh, Hazel Archer Ginsburg on, and she's a super awesome spiritual person. And now that I'm moving to Chicago, I'll be able to uh, be with her a lot more in those up there. And they have a lot of spiritual insight and very technical kind of language uh, about Steiner's teachings um, but I think that's all so I appreciate you listening today uh, God bless if you have any questions comments concerns you can write me at robert at newprecept.com you can visit us at spiritualrealities.net newprecept.com currently same site uh, but I'm working on working on dividing those and then also uh, if you have any uh, conversating that you want to have done on your own podcast interview you want to talk about these things let me know if you have any speaking engagements you need somebody to talk about let me know i can help all right god bless stay tuned next week spiritual realities out